You're listening to a podcast from Riverview Church in Bowness, recorded during one of our Sunday gatherings. For more information about Riverview Church, or service times, or contact details, go to riverviewchurch.uk or find us on Facebook at Riverview Bowness. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. Three days previously, the chief priests, the teachers of the law and the elders had mocked and scorned and heaped insults on him. Let him come down now from the cross and then we'll believe him. And their observation looked accurate. Their scorn seemed to be justified. I mean, the anguished cry, why have you forsaken me? The the death and then defeat. I mean, that evening, the tomb was occupied, guarded and sealed. But this morning... The women find that the tomb is empty. He is not here. Why would you look for the living among the dead? Good morning. Welcome to Riverview Church Online. We are in a series at the moment called Church Forward to ensure that we are match fit as a church, aware, equipped and engaged and ready to stand in this spiritual battle. And last week we looked at fear as a weapon, a tactic, a scheme of the enemy to distract us, to steal our attention and our confidence away from God. In a couple of t- uh, weeks' time, we're going to continue looking at other distractions, other tactics, other schemes that he uses. But this week, we're going to sidestep to what has been one of mankind's greatest fears and most inevitable events, death. I know you're probably thinking that's quite a cheery way to start the day, but please bear this in mind. You don't have to face it in that depressing kind of way because death is defeated. Listen to Paul's words in 1 Corinthians. He says, death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labour in the Lord is not in vain. Listen, there is hope. Death is defeated. Life has been purchased. Victory has been achieved and is offered to you and to me. Now, perhaps some might get a bit confused here. I mean, how is death defeated? We look around us. How many tears have we shed, right? How many mothers and fathers and grandparents and sons and daughters and dearly loved friends have we lost and grieved over? I mean, in 2000 years since Jesus's resurrection, how many others have avoided this universal reality? Even if any were resurrected, how many others stayed alive? Even Lazarus, Jairus's daughter and the widow's son that Jesus raised, all of them occupy a grave right now. That doesn't seem like victory. That doesn't seem like death defeated. It looks like death is still rampant, right? Terrible, consuming. But take heart this morning that on Friday, doesn't the cross look like defeat? But then we get to this beautiful morning. And let me reassure you, death is defeated and you don't need to fear it anymore. 
Now, to help us get our heads around this, we need to understand that there are actually three types of death. There's physical death, there's spiritual death, and there is eternal death. And all of those deaths, types of death, have to do with separation. Firstly, physical death is the separation from the living. Once we go through that curtain, we can't come back. There is no way back. If we've lost somebody, there's no way to communicate with them right now. No matter what people, dodgy mediums and things like that will tell you, it is not possible. And we've seen that this physical death is actually already at work in us. I mean, if you're past 40, you already know this to be true in your own body, right? I mean, decline, decay, rust, loss, sickness, they are all evidences of this inevitable physical death that is facing everything in creation. And it began in the garden, the very moment that Adam and Eve sinned against God and brought death into this world. It's inevitable. Man, all of us, mankind are destined to die once and then face judgment. That's Hebrews 9, 27. We will all be confronted by the outcomes of our behaviours and our actions when we die. And I think people are aware of this pending kind of reckoning, aren't they? It's why so many express guilt and regret at the point of death. And it's why we are so often obsessed with the fantasy of removing this reality. We love the idea of immortality or even in the real kind of terms, we're talking about cryogenic freezing and seeing if that could be a possibility or even if we could delay it at the very least. And we'll spend inordinate amounts of money trying to preserve our health health and our youth and our looks. We are pushing back because we don't want to face that inevitable. But the inevitable physical death is also reversible. Bear that in mind as we go forward. The second type of death is spiritual and the separation here is from relationship with God, with Father God. This also began in the garden as Adam and Eve are sent out sent away from the garden of God's presence and then an angel is placed in the entrance to guard it. And the thing is, this type of death, this separation from relationship with Father God is already the reality for all unbelievers who have not turned to Christ. They are physically alive but spiritually dead. Not sick, not kind of confused, but dead. And Paul says in Ephesians, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live. You were dead in these things in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. So this uh, spiritual death is there. It's a separation from God, but it is also reversible. Keep that in your mind. And then the third type of death, and this is really the scariest thing, is eternal death. And this is separation from the presence of God's goodness and mercy and grace eternally. But we are eternal beings. The writer of Ecclesiastes says that God has put eternity into the hearts of every human being. We are aware of something that is beyond. And essentially, that is what every man-made religion is trying to reckon with and trying to deal with. And the thing is, we will either experience life forever or death forever. 
If we are spiritually dead now, then we are heading towards eternal death now. And if we are spiritually alive now, then we are already living eternal life now. The thing is that spiritual eternal death is avoidable. But once the threshold has been crossed, it is irreversible. It is permanent. There is no coming back. Now that stings, right? Doesn't it? That really stings. That's way worse than just my physical body dying. But knowing that I will be in a state of death for eternity, that stings. But death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? If you fear wasps, I get it. Because it, it hurts, right? I mean, I, I've been stung above the eye. I've been stung on the throat. I'll run around like a loony if I get chased by wasps. I hate it. And the fear of the wasp is in the sting. And then the thing behind the sting is the power of it. And that is the venom. Look, if the wasp had lost its sting, then the venom cannot be effective or painful against me. Literally, if you take the sting away from the wasp, then all you have is a hoverfly with a ADHD. But the problem is you and me, we can't deal with the wasp's sting without getting close enough that it can sting you. And believe me, if you try grabbing that little sucker, it is going to sting you. But the sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. The venom of sin, if you like, is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Death swallowed up in victory. What does that victory look like? It looks like life. The opposite of death is life. In all the places that there was death, he has purchased life. Physical, spiritual, eternal death were the result of disobedience, the, the fall. They were purchased, if you like, by the first Adam in that garden. And that purchasing has infected and affected all of us, bringing many sons to destruction. But physical, spiritual and eternal life, on the other hand, were the result of obedience, the cross and has been purchased for us by the second Adam, that is Jesus Christ. And this is sufficient for all, bringing many sons to glory. Now, there are three types of life. We are made to be physically, spiritually and eternally alive. And all of these have to do with restoration, relationship and abundance. Look, eternal life doesn't start when we physically die. It begins when we are made spiritually alive in Christ. If you are in Christ now, eternity has begun. Eternal life has begun in you. And that's why we can know abundance now in our lives, because our citizenship, our identity transcends mere physics. 
Paul says our citizenship is in heaven and we eagerly await a saviour from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. So physical life is something we have now, but it is also something that we will have on the other side of physical death. That body that is sown is perishable. It is raised imperishable, Paul says in 1 Corinthians. It's sown in dishonour, it is raised in glory. It's sown in weakness, it is raised in power. It is sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual, still physical body. And then that spiritual life, we are made alive in Christ. Our relationship restored with Father God, accessible, plentiful, enjoyable. When we were dead in our sins and our uncircumcised hearts, God made us alive with Christ. And then we come to the eternal life, not cut off but brought in, not distanced from grace and mercy and God's goodness, but brought right in, welcomed home, available to all. I was shown mercy, Paul says, so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. The key to eternal life is belief in Jesus, God's only begotten son. You know, the original author of life is also the rewriter of the narrative that has been hijacked by sin and death in the world that we see. The one who tried to warp the story, that liar, that deceiver, that thief, killer, that destroyer, the accuser, he is defeated and disarmed. And Jesus, who forgave our sins, cancelled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. Having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Satan is defeated. Death has lost its sting. So as I wrap up here, he saved others, they say, but he can't save himself. It was a right kind of statement, but not in application. The, the facts were correct. Now, bear with me here. The facts were correct. He could not save himself because there was no other way. He could not save himself and save you and me. But what they saw as they mocked was defeat before Jesus. But what he saw was joy set before him and victory. By not saving himself, he saved others, many sons to glory. He raised others by that same power by which he was raised. And that same power, if we are made alive in Christ, that same power lives in us.
Now, this grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Saviour, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Jesus has destroyed death and brought life and immortality to light through the good news of his coming. Now, is this for everyone? Well, the cross is sufficient for all, but efficient for some. Death is defeated. And if that isn't activated for you right now, if you don't believe, it can be today. You can change that. Unbeliever, like, do you fear death? Perhaps, and perhaps maybe you've got reason to fear it because there is spiritual death, which you are also in and facing an eternal death. But you don't have to face that eternal death because it has been swallowed up in victory that is available to you in Christ as you turn to him. So turn to his forgiveness. Turn to the life that he offers you. It's not cheap. It will cost you your life, but not to death, but to a life lived for him, completely transformed. And believer, you have been bought at a great cost. Don't waste it. Don't make it about unimportant things. Your life is to be his, surrendered fully. But in that, you will find abundance of living both now and forever. So give him your whole life. I dare you to do that now. I challenge you to do that now. Give him every part and you will find that you cannot outgive the God of creation. And I'll close with Paul's words. He says, therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labour in the Lord is not in vain. Death is defeated. Victory is assured. Life is purchased and available. Amen.